Yep. Miami missed out on five-star defensive tackle Kamari and Franklin. This one hurts. Where do we turn next? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Sunday. I'm Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked On Canes your first listen. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Saturday, Kamari and Franklin, who had taken five visits to Miami, was deciding between the U, Auburn, and Ole Miss. And to uh, surprise for a lot of folks, now Ole Miss had been gaining a lot of momentum seemingly through the reports and the buzz leading up to the decision. But, you know, if you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said Miami. You asked me a week and a half ago, I would have said Auburn. And then he ends up going with the Rebels yesterday. And I want to answer you guys' questions on this episode. And surprise, surprise, the questions are almost all recruiting related, even though we're 12 days away from Miami opening up their season I don't know about you guys, but after a, a summer of ups and downs, roller coaster of recruiting headlines, I just can't wait to be playing some actual football again. And hopefully if Miami can have a strong season, they can turn the tide a little bit in recruiting. Uh, but we're answering you guys' questions. You've been hitting me up on our exclusive subtext community. You can join our subtext SMS texting service by clicking the link in the show description below. Give you a lot of added value. You can try it for free for 14 days. And then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. I give you recruiting scoops, good and bad practice updates, behind-the-scenes stuff, breaking news, one-on-ones with me. Click the link in the show description below. We get a question from Explorer Sam, and I think this is the first time I've answered an Explorer Sam question, so congratulations, man. He says, hey, some are saying that losing Camarion Franklin is a colossal failure. I know we're not giving up on him, but do you see this as a failure? And what can we do to stop losing five stars that are either crystal balled or leaning to UM? Uh, Explorer Sam, as I've alluded to, this one hurts. In my opinion, this one hurts more than any of the other misses Miami's had in this cycle because in the case of Franklin, he visited Miami five times from Mississippi. This is not a local kid who just has to drive a couple miles down the road for an unofficial visit. This guy's catching planes. Four of those visits were unofficial visits on his own dime, bringing family members, like bringing grandma down here. Built a great relationship with Jason Taylor, uh, with Miami tight ends coach Cody Woodle, who's from the area in Mississippi where he's from. Kamarian went out of his way to do extra workouts with Jason Taylor. You know, for the most part, uh, although I think his family is part of the reason why he stayed in Mississippi, but his family seemed comfortable in Miami. So, yes, with all the work that was put into this recruitment, it really hurts to miss on Franklin because Miami feels like they nailed it in every aspect of his recruitment and still came up short. Ultimately, he chose the school closest to home. He lives very nearby the Ole Miss campus. Uh, that can be a hard thing to overcome sometimes. In fact, 
based on the way that this recruitment played out, and I, I don't hold anything against the young man because this is just the way it goes in recruiting, right? Some players who pick Miami uh, kind of, you know, uh, maybe lead others on a little bit. It's going to happen the other way. But it seems like in the buildup to his decision, you know, he might have uh, led Miami and Auburn, you know, to believe they had a better chance than they did. And he kept his Ole Miss allegiances a little bit on the down low, only to end up picking Ole Miss. That's just the reality of recruiting. It's going to happen. And, you know, I hope there aren't too many hard feelings in the Miami coaching staff. And I know they've already put a ton of work into this one, but uh, Mario Cristobal knows this. I know this. You guys should know this. These things aren't over until a player actually signs their national letter of intent. So hopefully for as much energy as they've already put into this recruitment, um, I hope they keep working this one because it's not over till the NLI is signed. Uh, and yeah, Miami's had some five-star misses in recent weeks. Uh, you know, Justin Scott, 4th of July weekend, Colin Simmons a couple weeks ago, now Franklin, just to name a few. And so part of the question from Explorer Sam was, how do you make sure stuff like this doesn't happen again? Um, okay, that's easier said than done. Because let me remind our fan base that, you know, and I'm not saying I'm, you know, totally satisfied with the way recruiting's gone this summer. Because a player like Franklin, you know, I, I was hoping to land. I really thought Miami had a good chance with Justin Scott up until a couple weeks before he chose Ohio State. So I'm not, I'm not saying everything's great, but I will remind you guys that – when you've got a hat on the table and when you're a finalist for this many five stars, no matter who you are, unless maybe you're Georgia because they get most of who they want, a lot of these decisions aren't going to go your way, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't still keep shooting for these five stars. Let me give you guys an example, right? Because I know Miami fans are so down in the dumps by not landing Kamari and Franklin and not landing Colin Simmons a couple weeks ago and on and on and on and on and on. And then you start to feel like, man, I wish we were more like Ole Miss, who's landing everybody. I wish we were more like Auburn and Texas, who's getting everybody they want to. Well, <laughs> I know it looks like that when some of these teams are beating you out for players you want, but uh, I don't think Miami's doing quite big picture. Zoom out. Miami's not doing quite as bad in recruiting right now as some of y'all think, because you talk about schools like oh, Ole Miss just beat us for a guy, Texas, Auburn beating us for players. Right now on the 24-7 recruiting rankings, Miami is 15th. I know we all want to be better, but Ole Miss, who just got this huge victory and, and beat us for Kamar and Franklin, they've got the 24th-ranked class in the country. So, yeah, I know it feels like, oh, Ole Miss is kicking our butts right now. Big picture-wise, Miami's doing all right. Texas, who beat us for Colin Simmons a couple weeks ago, they got the 18th-rated class in the country. Auburn is just one spot ahead of Miami at 14. Now, Obviously, as a Canes backer, I would love to catch up if we can with the likes of Clemson, who's two spots ahead of us right now within our conference, Florida State, who is having a great cycle. They're fifth in the country right now. Florida, who's third in the country right now. I'm not saying 15th is good enough. I'm just saying 15th is not as bad as some of you guys make it out to be because it's like, oh, the sky is falling. This is terrible. Um, it's not quite as terrible as you think. But to go back to the question, um, how, how do you make sure, you know, you start to land more of these five stars that you're a finalist for? Um, continuing to be aggressive from an NIL standpoint, um, you know, I, I don't think that was the issue for this one that we missed out on yesterday. Now, 
as I've said repeatedly on Locked on Canes, with the name, image, and likeness landscape, it's not as much about what Miami's not doing. It has a lot to do with other schools, what they are doing, because they've stepped up big time and they've closed that NIL gap where Miami were pioneers in the name, image, and likeness scene anymore. A lot of these other big-time programs have gotten their act together, and it's become a much more competitive NIL landscape. But continue to be aggressive from that standpoint is important. Uh, continue building relationships because, again, you didn't land Kamari and Franklin, but that was still a model recruitment into how you build relationships. So, unfortunately, this one didn't go your way, but do this for others. And then most importantly, you've got to win on the field this season. That's going to help win on the field. Going 5-7 and seven last year with some horrific losses. Middle Tennessee got blown out by Duke, got almost mercy ruled by Florida State. That has affected Miami on the trail. So winning on the field this season is going to go a long way. So many more of your questions to answer, including, um, you know, you, you miss out on Kamari and Franklin. Where do we turn our attention to next at defensive tackle? Because that still is an area of need for Miami. Safety is also an area of need. We're only getting started, folks. Keep it locked right here on this special Sunday episode of Locked on Canes. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. And folks, people will see it. I have gotten jobs through LinkedIn Jobs before it works Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right, the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. For the everydayers, we are available free every day, wherever you get your podcasts, and available free on YouTube. All right, so we're answering more, answering more of you guys' questions from our exclusive SMS texting service. Uh, if you want to subscribe, click the link in the show description below. Uh, so we get one from Droski. Droski asks, hey, after the miss on Kamari and Franklin... Which defensive tackle do you see Miami turning the heat up on? Well, the obvious answer here, because he's got a decision six days from now, another five-star defensive tackle that Miami's been in the mix for for a long time is David Stone out of IMG Academy. Miami must, and I believe they already have, turned up the heat for Stone. He's another five-star target. And, okay, so the situation with Stone, and a lot of people were asking questions about David Stone. Um, and, and this one's funny because it goes to show you um, not only how unpredictable this cycle has been in recruiting, because this year has been more unpredictable than usual, but also how insecure fan bases can be. Uh, so David Stone, you know, he plays his football in Florida, Bradenton. Was, he's not far away from Miami's campus. He's been down here several times. But, you know, IMG Academy is a boarding school. He's from Oklahoma. So Oklahoma is really the hometown team for him. Uh, so the Sooners have been the favorites here for several months in his recruitment. But I know, again, 
Uh, Miami, like how they did with Kamari and Franklin, has been putting in a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of resources into recruiting David Stone, really making his family feel comfortable. And his family is very comfortable with Miami if that is where he decides to go. Um, and, you know, if you talk to Miami fans who follow recruiting, the consensus is, oh, we're going to miss on this one too. He's going to Oklahoma. You talk to Oklahoma fans who follow recruiting, they are scared to death he ends up going to Miami. Oh, I think he might be. He threw up the U at a high school, which really happened. He threw up the U at his high school football game last weekend. They are scared to death that Miami's going to win this one. So um, that that's the next guy up. Aiden Breland is another one who uh, he's a five-star out of modern day and mega high school program in Southern California. Uh, I don't think he's set a hard date yet on when exactly he's going to announce, but he did say an announcement could be coming soon. So that's another one Miami's got uh, a hat on the table for whenever he does decide to announce. But um, honestly, if you ask me, uh, I don't think Miami is favored for either one, but I do think Miami's got a better chance right now for David Stone than they have for Aiden Breland. Uh, you'd probably rank Oregon number one for Breland and then maybe uh, Georgia possibly is the number two and Miami is the number three. So you're, you're probably swimming upstream for both of them, but I, I think it's a, just a more difficult swim, I think for Aiden Breland. So yeah, if, if you talk about who Miami would be turning up the heat for after missing on Kamari and Franklin, David Stone, number one, Aiden Breland, number two, those are the top two undecided guys still on Miami's board. Uh, and we get a similar question from 818 Cali Kane, who says, can we still land Breland and Stone? Or are kids just going to stay home to play? <laughs> now, I don't know. I guess if Breland was going to stay home, it would be USC. But I don't think USC is considered to be one of his finalists, unless he's just trolling everybody and he's going to pick the Trojans, even though he's talking about Texas A&M, Miami, Georgia, and Oregon appear to be the finalists for him. I guess Oregon would be the closest to home if he decides to go with one of them. Uh, but your point, 818, is well taken because – we're seeing a lot of these guys like Dylan Stewart, now Kamari and Franklin, like a lot of these guys Miami are after are just deciding, I want to stay closer to home. Why can't more South Florida kids do that? So many South Florida kids leave the area. Why can't they all stay home? But it, it's definitely something to think about, especially with David Stone, because with David Stone, uh, I really do believe it's, you know, the uh, I think Miami's done a great job up to his point with his recruitment. But the fact that he's from Oklahoma, grew up a Sooners fan, I believe. Uh, is something that's going to be hard for Miami to ultimately overcome. So that's been a common theme. It's been a common theme in this cycle. A lot of kids deciding to stay home and not, you know, travel elsewhere to play their college football. And listen, to be real here, another thing you're working against is it's not that easy to swing five-star linemen away from the SEC. Like, it's it's difficult. That's always a difficult thing because a lot of these guys grow up, you know, fantasizing about playing SEC football and unfortunately for us, we're stuck in a loser conference, right? You know, not the biggest losers. I guess the Pac-1, however many. I guess if you have one team left in the Pac-12, whoever that team is, you win a, a conference championship every year. So there's that, you know. But the, the ACC, obviously, compared to the SEC and the Big Ten, is not really a winner <laughs> conference right now. But at least we still have a conference, unlike the Pac-whatever. Uh, we get a question from Southwest Florida Kane, who says, Oh, this is a good one. What does our record need to be this year to be able to close on these five stars that we keep missing out on? And if we have a breakout year, can we still flip them? Um, you know, if I'm going to try to put a magic number on it, I think nine wins would go a long way. Um, 
keep in mind, my pick was eight wins this year. So I don't even think Miami's going to do this well. But if you can get nine wins or 10 wins, you're probably flipping whoever you want to. Because, yes, some of these five-star players, guys who are either undecided, there's not that many undecided left, but guys who are committed elsewhere, they're going to be watching Miami. They're going to be watching Miami to see how much improved are they going to be. Are they going to actually win some games? Are they going to be competitive in the games that they lost, unlike last year? I know that's the case with someone like Jeremiah Smith. Jeremiah has said it flat out. Yeah, we want to see we want to see what Miami does on the field this year. His father has been interviewed multiple times. We want to see if Miami can win some tough games. We're going to be paying attention to them this year. So, yeah, you know, if you win nine or ten games, then yeah, I think it's going to be like an all-you-can-eat buffet of flips. You're going to be flipping pancakes left and right. Uh, but you've got to be really, really good, I think, to make that happen. We get a question out of the five six one who says. I know there's no such thing as a moral victory in recruiting or on game days, but let's stay focused on this season on the field because I do believe the fact that we are missing all these top prospects is because of our record last year. But if we can get to that 9-10 win season, you're reading my mind here, sir, uh, I really think we can get these guys to flip uh, from the 5-6-1. So I don't have a whole lot to add to that. That's more of a, a comment than a question, but um, I will say that, um, you know, I'm not a moral victories guy, right? We talk about that after losses on the field, like, oh, we lost, but we played great. I'm not a big moral victory guy, but I will say that recruiting is a little bit different, okay? Um, if you come in second place or third place in somebody's recruitment, there is something to that because in this day and age, 17-year-olds, well, forever 17 year olds change their minds every five minutes sometimes right so if you come in second or third place uh and a player may change his mind that's not a bad spot to be in and then you also add in this day and age how easy it is to transfer right the transfer portal one-time transfer rules don't have to sit out of here makes it incredibly easy so um sometimes coming in second place means you might end up landing a player down the road so if you call that a moral victory it is what it is but you know coming in second place in recruiting that's not always a bad spot to be in so you know there is something to that uh jay adams asks us hey what do you think about david stone throwing up the u at his high school game i say don't read too much into it um you know this is always going to happen. Players are like Aiden Breland was wearing a Georgia headband before or during his high school game the other day. And I know Georgia fans get super excited, but then he was like, well, no, my team wears red. This was the only red <laughs> headband I had, you know, who knows? Uh, David Stone, like some fans think David Stone throwing up the U might be misdirection. Like, oh, now we have a worse chance at landing this guy because he's trolling us and he's going to go to Oklahoma, uh, you know, Players like to do this. You've got three or four teams, two or three teams in your finalist group. They like to show a little bit of love to these teams. So, I mean, it's definitely it's not I don't think it's a bad thing that he threw up the U at his high school game. But I don't I'm not going to read too much into it because they, they like to throw all these players are smart. They like to throw all the fan bases a bone to make them feel good before they make their decision. So hopefully it means he's going to pick Miami. But, you know, I'd be lying to you if I told you I read too much into that. We're going to answer a few more of your questions on the other side. Uh, oh, somebody wants to know about the Aussie punter. And, you know, someone wants to know about uh, Miami staff and how they've been doing on the trail. So keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Uh, you know, we're going to have a big week coming up, another week of practice to cover. 
Uh, we've got, what, 12 days now until the Miami Hurricanes open up their season against the other Miami. There can only be one Miami on September 1st, and hopefully our Hurricanes, Miami of Florida, are the ones that uh, that end up taking that one. But we're going to be with you guys through the good times and the bad times. We are here every single day on Locked on Canes. You can watch the show on YouTube. Make sure if you watch the video version, you subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that thumbs up on every single video. And if you're an audio listener, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods so you make sure you always know when a new episode comes out. Uh, Texture writes in, uh, so this is from Lamont on our SMS texting service. He says, hey, what are the odds we get Aiden Breland now that all of our top targets except Stone have committed elsewhere? Um, Yeah, I think um, we'll we'll probably want to see what happens with Stone first because I think Stone this coming Saturday, the 26th, he'll probably announce before Breland does because, again, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong about this. I know Breland recently said in an interview that he's getting close to a decision but he hasn't, to my knowledge, announced a hard date yet to decide. So maybe it could happen tomorrow. Maybe it could happen two weeks from now. But uh, David Stone is the next man up. So, um, And again, I'll reiterate, I feel like Miami has probably at least a slightly better chance with Stone than they do with Aiden Breland. So we'll cross the Breland Bridge when we get to it. Uh, we get a question from Victor who says, Hey, Dono, it seems like the staff has done everything right for the most part in recruiting these top players. Uh, they finish high on their list. Uh, they just haven't been able to overcome an issue. What would you say that issue is? Um, I don't think it's one issue, Victor. I, I think that there are uh, very competitive NIL situations coming from other schools. Um, I think not being in the SEC can sometimes be a hard thing to overcome. And I know some of you are like, oh, Dono's laying out his excuses. It, it is what it is. Um, some players want to be in the SEC, unfortunately for us. Uh, and then, yeah, I do think... The team being bad last year is a big factor. You've got to be better on the field this year. So I don't think it's one issue. I think that there have been multiple issues that have cost Miami some of these top players. Uh, we get a question out of the 305 who says, any updates on our new Aussie punter? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. He seems to be doing fine. Dylan Joyce you're talking about. Um, I, I've, I've only seen him punt a few times. I saw him punt a couple times at the spring game. I remember watching him punt once at Canes Fest. He had pretty good hang time on that kick. Um, so keep in mind when it comes to the limited portions of practice that I'm able to watch as a member of media because they don't let us watch the entire practice. I haven't caught as much of the special teams work. Um, so is Dylan Joyce going to immediately come in and be the next Lou Headley? I hope so, but probably not. But at this time, I'm not really worried about the kicking and punting game. I mean, Andy Borgalis is, uh, he's on the Groza watch list. He hit a 55 yarder at Canes Fest a couple of weeks ago. I think Borgalis is going to be fine. And it, you know, the coaches speak highly of Dylan Joyce. So we will find out more. You know, if we if we see him uh, shank a kick against Miami, Ohio, then you guys can start to freak out. But I, based on the feedback, I have no reason to believe that Dylan Joyce is going to be an issue. I think this guy is going to be a good punter because the kids who come over from Australia tend to be incredibly well trained. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'd probably feel more comfortable about Joyce than I would be about some random high school freshman from the Midwest coming into punt. I think Joyce is going to be all right. Uh, the Aussie punters, always good with me. All right, I want to shout out a few new five-star reviews before we wrap it up. I know that you, I, I really appreciate w- you guys who listen to the audio version. 
if you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I shout those out whenever we get them. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we've gotten a couple of one-star reviews from Florida State and Florida fans. Those guys can kick rocks. The Canes fans who give us the five-star reviews, you guys are the real ones, and I appreciate you. So we've got a new review from Lance24 who says, while the content is great and very objective, the fifth star was earned by the country bumpkin accent that Alex does anytime he impersonates a Gator fan. <laughs> I mean, the Ga I know several Gator fans. They all say the same stuff. Well, you think that guy's going to Miami? He coming to the swamp. He's a Gator. He wants to come here and play at Ben Grill Hiffen Griffin Stadium. That's where he wants. He want to be in the swamp. He wants to have a nice dinner at Applebee's. He wants to go have a good time at Dave and Buster's up here in the Ville. Yeah, it is what it is, man. That's that's the accent that every single Gator fan has. It's a proven fact. We get a five star review from Musical Golfer. It's an interesting username. Okay. He says, every day I tune in to get the latest in Kane's news. Thank you for a great show. Keep up the good work. Thank God I get 305 info all the way up here in FSU country. He's from Panama City, Florida. Nine wins this year, he says. Well, first of all, thank you so much to your dedication to Miami sports being up there in Florida State territory. Because I know that's a I hope you've got a great job up there because if you if you're forced to live in Florida State country I, I hope you're making like seven figures and you're living an amazing life up there <laughs> otherwise I'd say I will like sponsor you to move to South Florida get down here uh, get get out of there but thank you so much for the support uh, we get a review from Visco Barca one or Visco but he uses like the at symbol instead of a so I don't know what the hell's going on with this username but he says I love the podcast. This pod and Joe Zagaki and Don Bailey Jr. on game day make me feel like I'm home, even being thousands of miles away. Keep up the stellar work. All right, so I'd love to know if you can send me a follow-up, sir. Where thousands of miles away, you could be in California. You could be, like, I don't know, in, in England somewhere, or in Europe. Uh, let me know where you are, and I appreciate your long-distance support. So thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. You know, we have a big, busy weekend coming up, so you can get at us on YouTube any audio channel, and we will talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.